0: Now in its third year, it's a Yank on the Footy with Craig Wessels, talking about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Sit back and enjoy, everybody. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 119 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels, coming to you from Chile Sandusky, Ohio, and I am glad that you're listening Well, let's go ahead and just put it out there. Footy is finally back. The 10-round, knock on wood, women's comp begins this weekend, and I, for one, am most definitely chuffed about this, ready to get this thing going, excited. I've got one game for sure that's going to be in prime time this weekend, and it is very likely to be the game of the round on Sunday evening, my time if I read it correctly. So, so excited to get footy back. And yes, of course, the women's comp, you know, is going to lead us into the men's comp, but I'll tell you what, in the years that I've been watching the game, the women's comp has gotten better and better and better, and we've begun to see some fantastic athletes who have begun to make names for themselves, household names, in the game. And I can't wait to get this thing going because... I just think that the talent out there is fantastic and the way they play the game is exciting and it's footy. So, you know, I'm I'm not going to be someone that says, well, I can't watch because they're not the right group of people playing. I'll tell you what, if they're playing footy, I'm going to have a hell of a lot of fun watching. So what I wanted to do today, uh, of course, as we dive in here, this is the last year that we're only going to have 14 clubs in the uh, AFLW before they expand to 18 next year with the power of the Swans, the Hawks and the Bombers joining the festivities for 2023. And of course, you know, that will lead to another 120 or so new players coming into the comp expansion drafts, things of that nature. So embrace your club as it is right now, because a couple of those players may be moving on next year and joining other clubs. So hopefully your club can go ahead and take the premiership this year and have a successful record. And, uh, because you never know what next year is going to hold with regards to new players coming into or onto other sides, should I say. So what I wanted to do here is I wanted to go through the ladder for this year as how I see it playing out. So I'm going to go ahead and go in reverse order here, the ladder that I'm going to give you my finals predictions, as well as my predictions for round one this week, because I, you know, we're just a few days away from that kicking off here. And we're going to go ahead and uh, jump right in here. So this is how I think things are going to play out. Give you a little bit of a, a preview, my my thoughts on a couple of the clubs, that sort of thing, as we go on here. So, in the 14th spot on the ladder this year, I have a repeat performance. I've got the Gold Coast Suns finishing in last place. I think that the Suns are going to show some growth this year, but not enough to escape uh, being the wooden spooners for the second year in a row. You know, you've got you know, players like Charlie Rowbottom and Tara Bohanna that give the club a lot of reason for optimism. Great young players, but I think it's going to take a while before this side gels and begins to make that climb up the ladder. Now, tell me if you haven't heard that before in the men's comp, but uh, very similar, quite frankly. But, you know, this group hasn't necessarily been given the uh, the draft advantage that maybe the men's side, you could argue, have received over the years. Now, from what I've read, uh, Kalinda Haworth, uh, the Suns' biggest goal scorer for over the last two seasons, is likely going to be heading back to playing more of a defensive role this year. So this is going to give Robottom some opportunities to go ahead and establish herself up in the Suns' forward line. Now, are they going to be a fun team to watch? Absolutely. I think so. But I'm not sure how much that's going to translate to putting points on the scoreboard this year or putting actual points on the ladder four points at a time there. So I, I think that that's going to, uh, I think that's going to leave Gold Coast in 14th place. Now this brings me to the number 13 spot. And in the 13th spot, I have the St. Saint Kilda Saints and the Saints are now led by uh, Nick Del Santo, who spends a lot of time working with Fox footy. Great listening to his work on there. Now the Saints have uh, Liv Vesely and Nicola Zenos returning from long injuries from last year. They missed out in 2021. Now, unfortunately the Saints may also be without, uh, Georgia Trikios, um, who has as of yet, maybe not met some of the criteria set forth by the league to allow her to play. I'm not going to get into all of that, but I'm sure you've seen that in the news there. They're also going to be out without, uh, Tiana Smith who suffered an ACL injury and is going to be missing the season. Now, the Saints—they're going to be facing the D's, the Crows, and the Lions during the course of the season, uh, so they're going to certainly get their opportunity to prove their mettle, to show what they're made of. But yeah, I don't know if they're going to be able to do much more than uh, than try to play spoiler here, spoiler here, because I don't think they're ready to uh, be a, a primetime club in the women's comp yet this year. I think they're still working their way up. Now, in the number twelve spot, I've got the Geelong Cats, and again, full disclosure. I am in fact a cat supporter, but that being said, I'm not ready quite yet to tip them into the top 10. I've got them in the number 12 spot this year. Now they had one of the biggest list turnovers this off season where they had eight players leaving the club in leaving, including Olivia Purcell and Rochelle Rocky Cranston. And and I have to admit, I'm not quite sure what happened with regards to uh, Rochelle Cranston leaving the club. Um... This is a young lady, a very hard-nosed player who accounted for twenty percent of the cat's goals this past year and the last year combined. And you know, for a club, for a club, it's not exactly peppering the goal square with scoring opportunities. Her move over to the Bulldogs, quite frankly, was a bit of a head scratcher for me because I've always been in the philosophy: in any game, you want to have good players on your team. Now, that's not to say that the the young ladies that have come in on this side are not going to be good players, but you you kind of had a, a bit of a known quantity in her. So I was really surprised to see her leave, and I and I think that the Bulldogs are going to definitely be reward, rewarded for having her on the side. Now, Nina Morrison is back from her second ACL injury. You know, the Cats have got to be excited about the possibilities that they're going to— uh, have with uh, first-year player Georgie Praspakis uh, fitting into the midfield. Now, of course, the big thing with the Cats last year, as long uh, along with the Suns, is that they need to be able to find the sticks. They need to be able to score on a more consistent basis. And that's going to be a key to the growth of the club because if you go back and you watch some of the games last year from the Cats, they were a very good defensive side. Their problem was, was that they could not switch the ball over to the offensive end of the field as often as they needed to and if they can start to do that a little bit they might have some success they might start winning some games that maybe people don't expect them to win but if they get bogged down not being able to get the uh, ball out of the defensive 50 I think it could be a a another struggling season for them while they grow and and then the youngsters on the club uh, get a little bit more experience Underneath their belts, but I, I'm of course I'm looking forward to to watching them play, and I plan on watching all ten of the games this year. But uh, I I do think it's going to be a struggle to put uh, wins on the scoreboard. Now moving up to the number eleven spot, I have the West Coast Eagles here. Now the Eagles they delisted they not eleven they delisted ten players from their list, and uh, they're on their third senior coach in three seasons. So they've had some significant turnover, not a whole lot of stability, if you will. Now, they brought in uh, five uh, first-year draftees with uh, Charlie Toms and uh, Sarah Lakai likely to be part of their starting 16 or coming off the bench in the interchange. They brought in Evie Gooch uh, over from Fremantle, who was looking to get some more opportunities. Um, With the Eagles side, she can be hopping into their defense and will definitely help out their defense. Now, they're playing, if I counted correctly, five of the six clubs that I have tipped to be in the finals. So it's going to be a tall task for the Eagles to find their way up the ladder. Could they do it? Sure, they can move up a few spots, but I I don't think they have enough firepower yet to compete for the top six as of this point. Now, the number 10 spot, I've got the GWS Giants. And the Giants, they had three players join other clubs while also delisting five players. Ellie Bennett, Jess Delpas, and Amy Schmidt left. They brought in uh, Ali Morfette, who should be a great addition to the club in the ruck, and they brought in Chloe Dalton and Katie Loines from Carlton, as well as bringing in uh, Jasmine Grierson from the Ruse. Now, this is a club that could move up a few spots. I doubt they'll fall any further than 10th. I think this is kind of the the, the basement for them. You know, Cora Staunton or, uh, averaged a goal a game uh, for them last year. And uh, I think a repeat performance of that is going to go a long way in helping the Giants be successful. Now, I think they're going to beat maybe some of the lesser clubs, but will they be able to compete with some of the big guns out there? We'll see. If they're able to get a a scalp or two and knock off a, a club or two and get some big wins, maybe they could see themselves moving up possibly into the sixth spot at the high end there. We shall see. In the ninth spot, I've got the Richmond Tigers. Now, the Tigers also had a rather significant turnover, delisting nine of their players and also sending Sabrina Fredericks over to the Magpies to replace the recently retired Sharni Norder. Now, Jess Hosking uh, joins her sister, Sarah, so the stories that we would get on game day about the practical jokes that they played on one another are probably a thing of the past. Now, if I'm not mistaken, last year I seem to recall hearing that one of them put the other one's uniform at the bottom of the, the family pool, and I think also one of them actually took the other one's uniform and froze it in a block of ice if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, just some sneaky stuff, some some fun stuff, relatively harmless stuff. I'm not sure what chlorine in a pool would do to a, a Guernsey in a pair of shorts, who knows. Um, but the Tigers, they won three out of their last five games last year. They, they improved as the season went on, and we'll see if that carries forward here. Now, they've got some great young talent coming in, Poppy Kelly coming into the ruck position. You know, this time next year, though, I think we may very well be talking about the Tigers pushing for a spot in the finals. They may be ready to do it. Now, again, a lot of this depends upon what clubs are going to be losing players in the uh in the expansion draft. You know, are are we going to see, you know, does this time around in 2023, does Brisbane survive more so than maybe they have in recent years since uh since Gold Coast is already in the comp? Maybe GWS gets hit a little bit harder because of their uh, Crosstown Club coming in. The same thing with Adelaide, but then you've also got Essendon and Hawthorne coming in. And, you know, while many of the players that are on their VFLW sides may may be making the jump up to the AFLW, I'm sure they'll be bringing in some players from some other sides as well. Now, in the number seven spot, the last club that I have missing finals... I've got the Fremantle Dockers, and I and I, when I sat down and worked on my list initially, I actually had the Dockers in the top six, and I made some adjustments as I was going through and reading and adjusting and looking at schedules and such, and I thought the Dockers might end up looking in from the outside here. Now, the Dockers, they've been on the cusp of glory for the last few years. COVID ended their season in 2020 when they had a really good shot of playing finals, and they just couldn't get past the Demons this past year in the... Uh, qualifying final now this is an extraordinarily talented club don't get me wrong they are a very talented club and i think they are extraordinarily capable of forcing their way into the top six now i do think they're going to have a little trouble however okay like i said i do think they're going to be on the outside looking in they play five of the six clubs that i have playing finals this year and you'd be hard-pressed to start a conversation about the dockers without bringing up the name Kiara Bowers. And, uh, you know, this, this young lady won the AFL-WCA Champion Player of the Year. She split the best and fairest with Brianna Davey. And, you know, I have to say this. Even though I'm a cat supporter, I think the Dockers are must-see TV because of her. She is an absolute tackling machine. And and, I, and as I jotted down on my notes here, I said, in my opinion, she's one of, if not the most exciting player in the comp because she is everywhere and she puts her opponents on the ground and gets the ball back for her side. Now, interestingly enough, the Dockers didn't bring in any new recruits they did in terms of bringing in ready-made players. They didn't bring any in this year, but they did bring in six new players through the draft. You know, they still have a very strong forward president presence with Roxy Rue and uh, Gemma Houghton. Gemma Houghton, I'm probably mispronouncing it. I know I am because I said it twice and said it two different ways. So I got one of those wrong. And honestly, I haven't gone back to rewatch a game from last year to hear it pronounced correctly. So I'm sure I got it wrong one of those two times. And I humbly apologize for that. But they're going to also have to figure out how do we go about replacing Sabrina Duffy's 10 goals? You know, 10 goals in a nine-game season is nothing to sneeze at. Now, Like I said, this is a club that I think is going to be extraordinarily competitive and I could be completely wrong about them and they could be finding their way into the finals. And I won't be shocked about that at all, because as I said, when I originally put this list together over the last week or so, I had them in my top six and I made some adjustments. Now in the sixth spot this year, I have the Western Bulldogs. Now the Bulldogs finished 2021 with a record of five wins and four losses now, this is a club, however, who I think is capable of much bigger things in 2022. They kind of ran out of gas towards the end of the season. They got out of the gates quickly, but they limped They limped towards the end of the season. And uh, they've got a very talented forward line with Bonnie Toogood, Izzy Huntington. And they're an extraordinarily quick side that should also um, be able to run out this exemplary midfield that they have with... Uh, Ellie Blackburn and uh, Ellie Bennett's uh, coming over from the Giants. Of course, you know, Rochelle Cranston coming uh, in from the Cats, uh, which, like I said before, is a bit of a head-scratcher for me, and I think she's going to bring some experience and some grit to the side. She's a pretty hard-nosed player. Now, again, they have the skills to to play multiple rounds of finals this year. Now, as, as as an American, as a Yank, hence the name, I was a little disappointed to see Danny Marshall getting delisted, I hope she gets another opportunity somewhere uh, this year, maybe playing at a a lower level or possibly um, with a club next year as clubs expand. Uh, The Bulldogs are scheduled to play four of the other five clubs that are in the top six, uh, missing out on having to play Brisbane if I looked at their schedule correctly. So I'm expecting big sides are big things from this side this year, I really think that they can uh, compete and, uh, and possibly win a finals game or two here. Now the number five side, the number five side this year are the Collingwood Magpies on my list. Now the Magpies have a great collection of tall forwards, bringing Sabrina Frederick in over uh, from Richmond, joining up with Sophie Alexander and uh, Imogen Barnett. And, the comps best and fairest Brianna Davy is back, and uh, she's hoping to build on her 24 disposal a game average. And you know Chloe Malloy is an absolute gun up there in the uh, in the forward 50, and she's going to be looking to repeat her 16 goal performance of this past year as well. Now, what is interesting is that over the course of six rounds, they play four of the other five clubs that I have tipped to play finals. So if they get through that gauntlet. And this is uh, I'm trying to remember if this is the last half of the season. I, I didn't jot down specifically which rounds these were, but during six rounds they have four of the other clubs that are in the finals at least as, as far as I see it here. So if they get through this gauntlet of uh, clubs, and this is somebody who could definitely pre- pre- uh, compete for a premiership this year and could very easily win it. And of course, you know they've got a uh, you know they've got to replace uh, Sharni Norder who was you know who was pretty decent in the ruck. So. Let's move on to the number four club this year, and I have that as the North Melbourne Kangaroos. Now, the Roos, they play all five of the other clubs that I have predicted to be in the top six. Now, this is a talented group, but you, you've got to wonder if they're going to be able to take the next step this year, because other than adding a, a half dozen new recruits for the draft, the Roos didn't add much to their list. They lost Vivian Saad to Gold Coast. They lost Jasmine Grierson to the Giants. Now, they do have they're two all Australians and Emma Kearney, uh, and Jasmine Garner returning. Um, you know, they're, they're, uh, joining, yeah, Sophie Tangelo and Emma King, uh, in attacking the other, the other club's goal. I mean, this is like, this is a team that can score points. You know, Kim Rennie's going to be in the ruck, which is going to allow Emma King to go forward. And Emma King is a great set shot kicker. And I think this is going to give her an opportunity to, uh, build upon her very solid season last year as well. Like I said, this is a a very quality club. And I think that uh, if they can get through their difficult schedule, I think that they could definitely be playing for premiership in just a couple of months here. Now, the number three side this year I have as the Melbourne Demons. And the Ds, they brought in some big guns this offseason. They brought in Taylor Harris coming over from the Blues and Olivia Purcell coming over from Geelong. Of course they're going to have to wait a little while for Olivia Purcell uh as she gets back into uh game shape after coming back from her ACL injury from last year. Now Katie Hoare is going to be looking to build upon her 12 goal season last year. And of course, you know, you've got a a dynamic midfield led by you know Daisy Pierce and uh Karen Paxman um giving them some some very very solid veteran leadership and I and I think Karen Paxman might be the other must-watch player of the comp. Just a very hard-nosed player, always around the ball, a dynamic player. Now, they do have a, a steep hill to climb because, again, they're on tap to play all five of the clubs that I've got uh, tipped to play finals. And if they can figure out how to uh, slow down their opponents this year because they they gave up a lot of points. They scored a lot of points, but they, uh, they gave up a lot of points as well. They might just find themselves... Uh, hoisting the cup themselves. Now the number two side in my predictions this year, and my tipping this year are the Adelaide Crows. And the Crows came up one game short of taking home the premiership at the Adelaide Oval last year. They're still, they're still led by their, their pace setter, Aaron Phillips, the, the veteran player, the very hard nosed uh, middle of the ground player there. She and Danielle Ponder, they, they combined for almost a third of the club's goals last year. And, you know, you've got also, you know, Abby Marinoff, Ebony Marinoff and uh, Eloise Jones you know, leading a very strong midfield. Uh, Chelsea Randall is looking forward to getting another shot at finals, the the club's captain, because she missed last year's grand final with a concussion. Now the Crows open up in a grand final rematch with the Lions, and if you haven't heard one of the names of the clubs yet, you might have an idea of who I'm going to be tipping first here, and I'll get to them in just a moment. But after that clash, they followed up with one with the Roos. So if they get out to a quick start, It could be huge for this veteran side. Now, they lost Chloe Shear to Geelong. So as a Cats supporter, I'm glad we brought somebody in that can hopefully step in and uh, take one of the 16 spots in the starting side. And uh, Rhiannon Metcalf and uh, Denny Varnhagen will not be in uniform this well either for various reasons. Now, this is most definitely a club that can win the whole damn thing. And I won't be surprised if that happens because they're that good. Okay, that's that's a very, very good side there. But somebody has to finish out on top of my uh, my ladder prediction here, and I have the Brisbane Lions there. Of course, the Lions are the defending premiers. They've got one of the strongest lineups in the comp. They really only made uh, one re- real change, and that is likely uh, Phoebe Monaghan coming in, uh, the former vice captain of the Tigers, coming in and playing defense for the Lions. And... The Lions have got a half dozen players who can score the football for them. You know, whether it be Dakota Davidson and uh you know who knocked down, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I jotted down sixteen goals last year, I believe Dakota Davidson had. I think I wrote that down. Yeah, she had sixteen goals last year. But then of course, you know, one of the other players who can hit the hit the uh the scoreboard on a very regular basis is somebody who I still firmly believe is the absolute toughest person in Australia, and that's Jess Wushner. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking for Courtney Hodder and uh, Jesse Wardlaw to have big gears and even grow more into their role in attacking the goal than even they did last year. So I, I think this is a club that's going to make a huge push again towards finals. Again, they open up a seat. They open up the season this year with the Crows and they've got a, the really good fortune of playing only four of the other clubs. Um, I'm sorry, of, for the clubs that are actually finishing at the bottom of the ladder that I've predicted. So they have St. Kilda and Geelong and, uh, Gold Coast and one other side at the, uh, who's, who did I have picking, uh, down there as well? Oh, West Coast. Was it West Coast? Yeah. They've got West Coast also on their schedule. So they have basically 40% of their schedule. I have tipped to be at the bottom of the ladder, which bodes very well for the lions here. So 2022 is set up, for them to have a great deal of success and and possibly winning back-to-back premierships and make them one premiership away from matching up with the, uh, the Lions when they did that several years ago. So there you have it. There's my ladder predictions for the 2022 season. I'd love to hear what you think. You can let me know over on my, uh, my Twitter page at Yank underscore on, or you can head over to my website and leave me a voicemail and tell me, where I'm flat out wrong or where you think, think I got things right, you can do that at yankonthefooty.com. Now, as far as the finals themselves go, I can get, sure, I can give you the latter, but I, I also have to tell you where I think the, the season's going to end up. So here's how I think things are going to play out in the finals. So in the qualifying rounds, I have North Melbourne knocking off the Magpies, and I have the D's knocking off the Bulldogs. In the prelims, I have Brisbane knocking off Melbourne, and I have North Melbourne upsetting the Crows on the road to reach the grand final. And in the grand final, I have the Lions beating North Melbourne by two goals. So I have, I have Brisbane tipped to win back-to-back premierships this year. Now, I did uh, see uh, a note today where uh, the 14 club skippers were polled and they predicted that the Lions would be back in the grand final but facing the demons this time around, not the ruse. So we shall see what happens. But before we get uh, to the finals, we've got to get through round one. So I'm going to also dive into my tips for round one of this season of the AFLW. And. We've got seven games on the uh, schedule, of course, on the fixture. So we've got St. Kilda and Richmond, and I've got the Tigers winning this one by eight points. We've got North Melbourne and Geelong. I've got the Roos winning this one by 13. I think the Cats are going to be improved, but they're not ready to to knock off a club the caliber of the Roos at this point in time. So I think I think North Melbourne wins this one by at least a couple of goals here. Then we've got the Bulldogs and Melbourne, and I've got the D's winning this one by seven points. Then we've got Fremantle and West Coast because they made a few adjustments to the schedule here because of uh, some restrictions in some of the different states. I've got the Dockers winning this one by 15 points. I think this one's going to be the widest margin of the weekend. Then we have the Clash of the Titans, Carlton and Collingwood. And I've got the Magpies winning this one by nine Then we've got Gold Coast and GWS, and I've got the Giants winning this one by 10 points, and Adelaide and Brisbane in a rematch of the grand final, and I've got the Lions hitting the ground running here and winning this one by 11 points. I think Brisbane is that good of a side, so I've got Brisbane winning this one by 11. Now, before I wrap up this uh, preview episode, I, I ran across an article today during my lunch period, and, uh, and I'd be negligent if I didn't mention this and, and didn't talk about the elephant in the room, and, of course, that being COVID, which we can't get past, we can't get rid of it. it it's here, it's there, it's everywhere, it's gone, it's back. Who knows? I I think before it's all said and done, we're all going to get it. I've had it. I might have had it a second time already. I don't know. I didn't get a test until after the fact, and I was negative by that point in time, so I might have had it over Christmas break. But according to an article from sevennews.com.au this morning, the comp has been instructed by the head of the AFLW, Nicole Livingstone, to basically consider COVID to be no different from injuries or players having the flu, that sort of thing. So the statement was that if a club has enough players, 16, plus five players who are training with them, who could come in and make up the interchange for them, then the game is likely going to go on. It's going to be played. If not, then they may look at having to reschedule something and maybe play that game at a later time. As but this is where it gets crazy, though. This is a this is the big difference between the AFLW and their male counterparts because they're in a much more unique situation. Because the overwhelming majority of the athletes in the AFLW are either working or going to school away from the club. So this could lead to different outbreaks happening at different locations outside the purview of the club, which could decimate a club here or there. So it's going to be a situation where we are we're going to have to almost uh just kind of keep our fingers crossed and hope that that doesn't happen to our club or your club or their club or somebody's club. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know about you, but I I'm sure as hell ready for um COVID to be struck from my lexicon. I am so tired of that term. Okay. So I hope things go without a hitch. I hope things go well. We shall see what happens. Now, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget that you can find everything related to the podcast over at my website, a yankonthefooty.com. I hope you'll consider checking it out. You could leave me a voicemail there. You can share your reviews on an issue. Uh, you can uh Sign up for the mailing list there as well. I'm also looking to schedule uh, fans of the 18 clubs in the men's side to have uh, 25, 30-minute discussions with those fans about their club and what they see their club doing going into 2022. So if you want to get signed up over there, sign up on the uh, register as a guest button up at the top of the page. If you want to help out the podcast, you can go down to my Buy Me a Coffee page in the bottom left-hand corner. You can also help out the podcast by heading over to Apple Podcast or wherever you're listening, and leave a five star review. That really helps to trigger the algorithm there and get uh, Apple and the other uh, hosts recommending my podcast to other people. Because word of mouth is how we go about getting the message out. Remember, you you can also you know leave a kind word over on your your own Facebook page, share an episode that you like, or on your Twitter handle and tag me in that and You know, if you're if you're so interested in doing that. Again, I'm not I I would love for it to happen. If it happens, that's fantastic. So I would absolutely love the support. So if you're enjoying the podcast, I sure would love your help with that. Again, if you want to get on the mailing list, head over to my website. You can sign up for that there. Now, everybody, I want to thank you for listening because we're fans of our clubs. 14 of us clubs. We got our teams kicking off here in just a few days. Those of you at Port Adelaide and Hawthorne and Essendon and Sydney, this is the last season without AFLW, so it's going to be there next year. I can't wait to put your club in my predictions, in my predicted fixture there. I truly thank each and every one of you for the support. I actually did get a great review from somebody the other day over on the the Apple podcast in Australia. I thank you for that. This this is labor of love on my part. This is something that I truly love doing. I enjoy engaging with people. I enjoy hearing from you. I enjoy learning from you. And if if there's something that I've done wrong or I've made a mistake, that sort of thing, then I certainly love to hear your vantage point on those things. So I truly hope you'll uh, consider reaching out and sharing your favorite episode with your friends and family. If you want to share this preview episode, that'd be great. Again, thanks so very much. And ladies and gentlemen, as always, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. This has been episode 119 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on or over at a yank on the footy at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at a yank on the footy. Again, thanks for listening and please consider sharing this podcast with your friends and family. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, goodbye.